For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's nothing appealing about him. He just looks like he just lacks like the intangibles to be an actual NBA, a useful NBA, NBA player. I mean, there was like a there was a possession in the fourth quarter where he was where he like he had an open lane to drive to the rim on the baseline, and he like, he saw it, hesitated, and he passed it out. Yeah, he just seems really soft to me. Mm. He looks like he lacks like zero kill. Okay, I am recording, by the way. This is the Tip of the Tower podcast, where it's Demar joined by uh, the one and only Crystal Crystal Granites. I mean, we could open like that if you want. Then we are we have opened. Oh, we've opened. Oh, that's <laughs> we how have you opened. Do this. We have opened. This is like <laughs> if we were a store. You'd like I already opened the store at seven seven a.m. You're walking in at eight a.m. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I thought I, I thought we were opening at eight. I'm like, no, no, no. Things are on sale, bro. Well, dude, if you still open at 7, I'd probably show up at 7.15, 7.20. Let's be real here. Notorious <laughs> reputation for that. I'm not yeah. proud of it, but it's true. <laughs> you know, the Raptors, look um, the Raptors look great today, man. It's hard not to look great when you're playing against the 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 Lakers. Yeah, you know what, though? The Lakers have been decent this season. They're, what, 10 and 11 now? Tonight they just look terrible. Yeah, you know, what was killing them to begin, like, killing them throughout the game was actually Bebe, which, you know, you never thought you would, <laughs> you never thought you would hear Watch those words. your chagrin on that one, because you're the biggest Bebe detractor, <laughs> but it's fair, it's fair. You've shifted your hate from DeRozan to Bebe, and I oh. feel like it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, man. I know the guys at work bust your chops about that. Oh, of course. Um, Yeah, I don't, he looked good, and they don't really, they just don't have anybody tall enough to guard him. Which I, I noted on Twitter. If you're following me on Twitter, you should be following me on Twitter. If you're not, I don't know. I don't know why you're not following me on Twitter. But yeah, he's just he's literally taller than everybody else, and uh, he's getting rebounds over everybody else, and he is just dunking it over everybody else. I'm loving it. <laughs> you know, he's really good around the rim at finishing around the rim. Just defensively, ah, uh, where to start, man. <laughs> He just looks lost at times defensively, and he's a liability against better teams, in my opinion. And it's the little things, too, like bumping players off screens. Doesn't really do that. Just kind of, you know, lets guys go by. Doesn't bump, doesn't bump cutters either. So it's just little things like that that I, I bet you are definitely agitating Dwayne Casey on film when he watches it. Yeah, they're like a, they're a drop defense, so he like drops fast, so they let that mid-ranger go. But his challenges at the rim are kind of kind of lackluster, man. There's I, I when he... Sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, I was gonna say he, he doesn't like he's. I don't think he understands yet that he just doesn't. You don't need to go up to block the shot every time, right? Like you can go up and kind of. Um, how do I put this? You kind like he just needs to be big at the rim, man. He doesn't necessarily need to block every shot. Like yeah, he needs he's not gonna be beyond, but he just has to make the guy readjust his shot. He should like really consider looking at some Roy Hibbert film in Indiana. It's like the, that verticality rule that he mastered in Indiana. I was literally going to say that. <laughs> so if he just like, because he doesn't really need to block shots just because his body is so freaking long. If he's just big enough, like people will alter shots regardless. There was even a possession where like, uh, where he first got subbed in and then I forgot who had drive to the rim. I think it was Lou Williams and they're attacking him on the baseline and Nogueira had basically had him shut off and he went straight up but then he came down to like block the shot because Lou, Lou Williams is shorter than him and he obviously fouled him and you could just see um, you could see Corey Joseph be like man just stay big like you could see him like just reaching his hands into the air yelling at him just like stay stay big just don't don't come down <laughs> the Raptors went at Lou Will by the way they went at him at Will before I like deviate off the BABA thing there I just had to get that in um <laughs> What do you think about the Raptors playing zone a bit, though, the past couple of games? I think that's something that could actually work well with Bebe, since we're on the topic of his defense. Yeah, it's, it works great if you have, like, the... If you have, you know, like, Lowry, Powell, Powell especially, he kind of... He really makes it work because he's so fast that he can dart between defenders. Um, I like it. I, you know, a lot of teams are... They're not using it, but they're splashing it in, you know? Like, after every couple possessions or so, like, if there's a, a timeout... They'll like splash in a zone just because it's harder to see. It's harder to see initially, especially for an, like an ATO. You know, you're like, oh, because like, you expect people to do man because that's what they do for the entire game. And like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so if you see that zone, you're kind of confused on what you're supposed to do, even then, even through an ATO, because like they'll end up switching, or you'll see like defenders in different spots where you're not supposed to, and you, know, you get really confused. So I like, I like it. It's a, it's a good it's a, idea. It's a cool wrinkle, I think, for the Raptors to add in. Someone we haven't seen too often with them. They need these wrinkles, bro, because like the de- the defense is not <laughs> the defense is not working. It worked today, but it has not been working for the past like eight eighteen games. <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, they started off last season like this too, right? Where defense was kind of an issue to start the season, and they got better as it progressed. So maybe we'll see the same thing. But I don't okay, think. Do so, you think because... it's a defensive issue or a personnel issue? It's a personnel man that. I think oh boy. I think people <laughs> I think people are underestimating how like how good Bismack Biombo is on defense really. Like not just like the shot blocking but also versatility. It's like it's kind of it's kind of um on press it's kind of his ability to like jump out on for switches with the uh when there's a big man screen and roll is is just like something you don't really get much of in the NBA and now that they're missing that and Nogueira isn't much of a shot blocker, and neither is... Well, he's a shot blocker, but not, like, a rim protector, and neither is JV. <sighs> the defense is suffering, man. It's suffering. I don't know how they fix it. I mean, I, I just feel like they're going to have to keep experimenting, to be honest. They keep trying new things out. Siakam at the five. Um, even what they did the other night, they put uh, they went extra small. Patterson at the five. Mm-hmm. Four guards. That worked really well against Memphis. They never do Siakam at the five, man. And I think that... I know. We've I, seen it, like, twice this year. Yeah, they do it very, very rarely. But I think that's, like, something um, that they should they need to explore, especially for the playoffs. Like, you need to... It's the beginning of the season. These are the, the times where you should be, like, rolling out those experimental lineups. I'm trying to think. 
Like Siakam at the five. They could roll out there. Like have play more Powell. Powell's great on D. He's still the, he's true. He's a true three and D player. That does that Dude, sits he looks on great as a starter, and he sits on the bench. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the thing that's so puzzling is like last year in the postseason, and even near the end of the regular season there, when when we saw him start, he just played better. Yeah, and he was maybe pl- he's like the reverse Patrick Patterson. You know, he's a better starter than off the bench guy. Yeah, and he was shooting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, most starters are better if you're a starter. You're better starting than off the bench. You know, it takes a while to adjust, but I think he is a starter caliber player, and it's just like. He has so many guards in front of him. He's just never going to get to touch the floor. And you would think that he would gain more equity than Terrence Ross, but Terrence Ross has been, like, he's been performing this year, finally. <laughs> yeah, but even, they're, they're still kind of similar. I think Powell's a better defender. You can argue Ross is a better three-point shooter just, just based off this year, how it's gone so mm-hmm. far. But I don't think Powell's too far behind. I think it's, like, really close. Yeah, Powell also has better ball handling, man. Like, would, those... would it not be fair to say Powell's more of a Dwayne Casey type player? Yeah, the only thing that I think that Dwayne, the only reason why Dwayne Casey doesn't play him more frequently is because I think he thinks he's too short. Even really? though, yeah, because we don't see Siakam at the five, even though we're thinking that Siakam at the five would be great for small ball lineups. And we, we see Carroll at the four every once in a while, but not too much. And then we barely see, and like we see Powell at the three, but that's only because Dwayne Casey doesn't like uh, changing up his bench lineup. Right, so they put they'll play uh, Powell at the three, but I just think he thinks Powell is too short. You know what? That would make sense because if he was to start on a regular basis, it kind of makes DeRozan vulnerable to the uh, elite three guys in the league, right? Like any swingman, he's ha- he has to guard, and that's probably going to slow him down long term. There's bigger bodies, and I don't think DeRozan's capable of playing the three on a nightly basis. Because yeah. I'm assuming you'd put Powell the two, or would I, you put Powell the three? He's kind of he was. I mean, he was playing the three. Well. When it's the Lakers playing the threes, kind of like a uh, ambiguous because they have a lot of like size guys. Yeah, but uh, I think he would play the three. I think he's more of a th- like a if he was if he was six six or six seven instead of six four, he would be a, a small forward. Okay, let me frame it this way: against the elite teams in the East, aka the Cavs, mm-hmm. is DeRozan starting the game at three against LeBron, or are you putting Norm Powell? I'm playing. <sighs> I That's, think you got to put the Rosen man against LeBron. I mean, LeBron would just like it's tough. Obviously, we'll see Carroll really... play probably what twenty five, thirty minutes in that scenario, right? But I think just to start the game, wouldn't you put the Rosen? Okay, so I mean, how, what, how much can LeBron that, hurt you in the first? Tell game me what that lineup actually looks like then. Like what well, you have? You have Lowry mm-hmm. at the one, Powell to two, DeRozan at the three. We we both. I think we both agree it should be Patterson at the four, but right. that's debatable. And then JV at the five. That what? would be like my optimal starting lineup against the Cavs. Starting lineup. Okay. I like I like Powell at the three, man. Even though it doesn't work against LeBron. I mean, the Raptors still don't have a player to defend LeBron other than Carroll. Um, Not many teams do, period, though. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they don't have enough offensive firepower to like mitigate it unless they play Patterson at the four. Which they don't play Patterson at the. I I I don't know. I still don't. <laughs> I still don't know why they don't play Patterson at the four. Mostly, I'm. I guess they just don't want to change the bench lineup, and it, by not changing that bench lineup, that allows them to play Powell in starting starting, but that like shackles Patterson to the bench. So 
I think he's going to play the three. And then they'll see Siakam at the four. I guess, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I could totally switch more, which I guess it's true. But I don't know. I, I think that lineup is still susceptible to LeBron post-ups, which has killed the Raptors for the past, like, two years. LeBron kills so many teams like that now. I mean, tonight, I don't know if you're watching all the Cavs and Bulls game. Jimmy Butler didn't do too bad. Last time I saw LeBron was at seven turnovers. Bulls are probably going to win that game. Um, but even him, like we consider him like an elite player in the league now. Well, do you? I mean, I do. I consider Jimmy Butler an elite guy now. Ooh, see, oh, I mean, this this year for sure. This year for sure. I mean, they finally like decided that you know this is his team, even though yeah, even though Dwayne Wade is on it. Same with Rondo. I think Dwayne Wade's kind of helped push it towards him too, though. I love that Dwayne. Can I can I just still mention that I love that Dwayne Wade shoots threes? <laughs> All of a sudden, Pat Riley is probably right pissed. Did oh. shoot threes the whole time. He's like, "Hey, look at this." I love that story. I love that story about him, like saying that he he didn't shoot threes before because he didn't have to practice them and the team didn't need it, right? But then in the playoffs, he would practice shooting threes more frequently. And then if you look at his three point shooting in the playoffs, it's actually like in the mid thirties. So then he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to shoot more threes in practice for the regular season. And now he shoots threes. <laughs> it's actually puzzling. But it's cool to watch, too, because it's kind of like the evolution of Dwayne Wade. We're so used to seeing flashes get to the rim and, more importantly, get to the free throw line at will. And now, you know, stretching the floor a bit with the three ball. Yeah. Hey man, even even Pascal Siakam is trying to attempt those threes too. Have you seen that? Those two like corner three, one was ruled a two, but he was like standing on the line, and there was another one where he was from the opposite corner. These were like in the fourth, fourth quarter. I know. Okay, that's why I was gonna ask you: is, is that here to stick, or is that just kind of uh, hey, we're up no, by thirty, no, let's no. try some stuff? <laughs> I think he's I think he's trying it because he needs to try it eventually. Right? Sweet Lou back in Toronto. <laughs> you know what? I think it is that it's like something he'll keep trying, but man, I don't know. It, not a bad form. Not a bad form. <laughs> it's so his jump shot is so slow, like it's slow motion. And I've, he looks like he hasn't shot too many of them before, and I think he hasn't. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. And then even from the mid range, he shoots like a he shoots it at such a high arc, which is great because you know. You get more rotations on the ball. The ball slows down in the air, but you know, just him getting up to that, to that, or to that, his arms position to actually release the ball. I feel like it's a, it's, it's, uh, it slows down his shot release, especially when you see like Clay Thompson or Steph Curry. I know those are extreme examples, but those are like right in front of the forehead, and then they shoot it, or just a little bit above the top of their hairline, and they shoot it. Yeah, man. Any other takeaways from this game, man? I mean, I don't know what else to say about Siakam shooting the three. <laughs> if, I, if it keeps happening, we'll talk about it. You know, they say once an incident, twice a coincidence, three times a trend. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if it happens a third time, say no more. We're talking about that trend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just want to get, like, a definitive answer. It's like, do you – do they need to put Patterson at power forward now? I think they do because I don't know what else they can try. The only other thing they can try, in my opinion, is Damari Carroll to four. And that basically means that they're committing to playing small ball. I'm talking about like a like regular, regular season solution. Regular season solution? 
I think they got to put Patterson there now, right? Really? Like, either that or they keep biding their time until Jared Sollinger comes back because that mm-hmm. was what they said their initial plan was, right? Let's right, put right. Sollinger there. So, it, until until they do that, which ideally is what they want, in my opinion, because that's why they brought him here. Right. I think playing Patterson there might be the most beneficial. Okay. So, what about the bench? Because that's the that's the issue because it has to be I mean it has to be the issue where Dwayne Casey's is like my bench has worked perfectly and I've had the same same like the same amount of people on this bench and it continues to work right the power and like his starting lineup is like as long as I have Dwayne, uh, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan that is still working so he, he's like one of those coaches where he's like it, it, <laughs> if it ain't broke don't fix it don't fix it yeah <laughs> well here's the thing like what's the big deal about playing Patterson an extra three to four minutes a night I don't. I don't see the problem. I'm just thinking like Dwayne. Dwayne Casey doesn't want to do it. Again, you just, it ain't broke. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. But I've, I've, you know, I've been right looking into writing this piece for Patrick Patterson, where it's just like the lineup where it's Patrick Patterson at the four is just like destroying teams by like it's way better. <laughs> but I looked at it. I think it was like a net like plus thirty when the last time I looked at it versus when it's uh Siakam at the four. It's zero uh, point seven, like plus zero point seven. That's it. So you, <laughs> so you really think that Casey doesn't want to change it just because the bench works so well? It, I mean, it's been two or three years at this point where Patterson's coming off the bench. You have uh, Kojo coming off the bench, and you have Terrence Ross coming off the bench, and it's worked, right? Yep. And now Terrence Ross has uh is ascending, right? And uh, Patrick Patterson's kind of like the same. Corey Joseph is like struggling a little bit, but now he's starting to pick it back up. And he's just like, you know, the starting lineup is working, right? The bench has always worked, right? So he's just, I can imagine, you know, I can imagine it where it's just like everything is, it doesn't make sense, but everything is working. So I'm going to continue to let it work <laughs> and not touch it, right? Because if you think about it in today's NBA, like a, a non-shooting center and power forward lineup should not really work unless you're the Clippers where you can throw alley-oops to your, <laughs> to your center and power forward all the time. Sure. Right. And somehow they're the, they're like third best. They're the third best offense in the league. So it doesn't stylistically, it doesn't make that much sense for it to work, but it is working. Right. So I can, so I can imagine it's just like, it's not supposed to work, but it's working. Bench has always worked. So I'll just let I'll just let it go. I'll just like let it run by itself. I mean, he's see he, what I go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, he's been able to like he's been willing to change the starting lineup, but like the bench is just like <laughs> I have a feeling he's trying to zig where everybody else is zagging at this point. I could buy that. I just think they're gonna run into issues, and it, it sucks because I want to see tomorrow night when they play Atlanta how he would handle the Millsap Dwight Howard lineup at the front there because that's a damn good front court in the Eastern Conference and. No Millsap, so just Dwight. So we know he's going to cry for fouls and just crash the glass. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> but uh, joking aside, I think we're at the 20th game tomorrow. The mm-hmm. first, I'll say, give or take 11 games was the DeMar DeRozan show. He literally just scored nonstop, like at a pace we've never seen. And the past, I want to say, six or seven games roughly, very quietly, Kyle Lowry has led this team and done a lot. And I think they've kind of been able to masquerade some of their issues behind the play of those two guys. And it's kind of funny how it's broken down. Like the first half was DeRozan, and now this stretch here is all Lowry. So right. I think that's kind of like overshadowed 
a lot of what we're talking about, to be honest. All right, so the next stretch is JV, right? Right? Breakout season? Right? <laughs> what do you make of him, man? I don't know, man. I just... What I've been... I don't know anymore either. Like, I'm really <laughs> struggling to formulate an opinion on Jonas Valanciunas. I still think he's a good player. I think he's potential. good. I think he's good, but it doesn't fit stylistic. This him and Pascal Siakam don't fit stylistically with what a conventional NBA team should be trying to do. But there's a point where talent will trump the fit, where he's just like, I just have enough good guys on the floor that it'll just work eventually. <laughs> Right, this is like how the Clippers work. Where, again, it's an extreme example, but you know, good teams are extreme examples in in the NBA. Where, uh, you know, Blake Griffin, you know, he shoots a mid ranger like that's his the extent of his range, and like DeAndre Jordan literally cannot shoot unless he's dunking it or laying it up. And somehow that has always been one of the best offenses in, in the league, even though they have CP3. Right, so with this. Just like the, the eventually, this is like you have so many good players that you know the people know how to be in the right places, or they they know, especially for the Raptors and the Clippers, they've been together for such a long time. It's like, all right, I'm gonna set the screen here. Like you'll see, they don't run very many plays, and they don't really need to because you'll see like a lot of just like drag screens into open threes and stuff like that. So I just think you know you, it's working because they know each other, but stylistically it shouldn't be working. I don't. I think. JV is probably like. <laughs> would you even be? Do you think the team would hurt very much if they traded JV for like? You Marcus know, Cousins? No, I think we get way no, better. <laughs> not for Demarcus, <laughs> not for Demarcus, but like there was a, there was that point where Bismack was the center, like the five man, and like there was no depreciable drop for this team. So, in my honest opinion, I think Jonas Valanciunas is the perfect backup center for this team. I think he's an he's kind of like an excellent change of pace guy where. When the Raptors want to play that old 90s relic-style basketball and punish you down low and actually utilize JV and get him touches, mm-hmm. he's great. But aside from that, he just doesn't look like he fits in out there like you're saying. And to your point, what you were just saying now, Biombo was a much better fit. I hate to keep bringing up the past about Biombo and all that, but he was a better fit for how the Raptors play basketball. Yeah, if he could just... If, man, if, if Noguero was just like capable of a defender... I think he would actually have replaced uh, JV in the starting lineup. And uh, I could buy that. Yeah, this is like there's nobody JV off the bench works because he could just like there are no centers in the NBA that are good off the bench in the post, right? So you would just be able to punish them consistently. And uh, in just in the center position, in the starting lineup is just like when does he get the ball? You know, I was just about to ask you: Is it is it a byproduct <laughs> of him not being involved in the offense, getting no touches, or is it just he doesn't fit? Because a lot of people like to argue that you know, well, the Raptors and Casey they don't use him, so what do you want him to do? He's just out there to rebound. It's like okay, that, I mean, it is a fair point, but at the same time, I kind of think it isn't. He, the two best players are Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan, right? Yeah. So they're going to get the majority of the shots, and then everybody else is going to be like a byproduct of whatever they get, and the best bribe products of two slashing point guards or two slashing guards is a uh, three-point shooters so that's how you can get like 20 points for carol and then like jv just doesn't you know he doesn't get double digits but he'll get like 10 rebounds or you get like seven or eight re- if the team scores a lot <laughs> he doesn't get any rebounds because there are no offensive rebounds for him to grab 
right? So if it's a if it's a like high scoring game, then he'll actually play. He kind of plays poorly. But if it's a low scoring game, then you'll see like he has twenty and fifteen or twenty and thirteen because he got all these these boards, either defensively and offensively. And then he's just like he's destroying people on putbacks because he's such a low down low. So he just like he his his he just doesn't fit man he is <laughs> a it's a very long way to say that he doesn't fit on the team even though it's you know sad to say after all of this you know what's gonna happen tomorrow night right yeah. oh yeah he's going off 2020 game tomorrow trust me because <laughs> the way he plays fits the way the hawks play yeah exactly and he's gonna go off tomorrow night now and it's just gonna make us look stupid it's gonna make us look bad He's going to go for 2020, and then everybody's going to be like, this is why JV should always get touches, right? Right? It's kind of crazy, because I don't think people realize that how much getting JV touches slows down the offense and alters a lot of what DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry do. Maybe not Lowry, but a lot of what DeRozan does. Yeah. Here's, an, like, an anomaly. Again, this is like, you know, it for some reason it works, even though it shouldn't. DeMar DeRozan and Jonas Valanciunas have been like a top five pick and roll duo in the NBA, even though that they don't, you wouldn't necessarily think that they fit together because JV slow is a slow big man. He's not very athletic. And then DeMar DeRozan is not a three point shooter in any way. And it's kind of methodical with the way he plays. But just like the way that they work, the angles is like perfect for for their productivity and i'm just thinking like if you had a a different a different center i don't think it there's a i don't think there's that much of a drop off so i think i think we should trade Jonas valentinus man (laughs) okay what do you trade him for um you know i'm the idea man not the plan man (laughs) oh Right, so uh, if you come back to me next podcast, I'll absolutely have an answer for you. But he's looking like they just need a they just need a defensive big for center man, and they just need him to like catch lobs, right, and just play defense and like finish around the rim and just be like a rebounding monster. So I don't know, I can't even think like if you made that trade for. I know everybody's gonna hate me for this for saying this, but if they traded back for Bismack Biombo, I would not be upset. <laughs> I highly doubt that happened. I think there's another player in the Magic that they could explore, possibly acquiring a rent for this season. But uh-huh. I think that's Serge Ibaka. I think they could rent him. This is my only Orlando's not going in the right direction um, at the moment. I don't know. Frank Vogel's experimenting a lot with mm-hmm. that team, understandably so. I mean, they don't really have. They don't really have like a nucleus in place, right? Like they got to figure that out. And I don't know if Abaka is going to fit what they're doing long term. Okay. I'd so I mean, if you're the Raptors and you fully believe you're all in, and you know you could potentially beat the Cavs this year with, let's say, Abaka, I think it makes sense to rent them if the cost is right, of course. Okay. I mean, f- that's strictly the rental move. Yeah. That's yeah. like that's like the we're all in to win this year, and it's we feel a, like we can beat the Cavs. And it's a that's a really bad buy low with it's because jv you know his contract is so so cheap oh and sorry i'm not saying trade jv for a buck straight oh, okay. up who are we trading i mean i don't know what they would want that's the thing Do you but feel I, like, I sorry i'm orlando i definitely want some first round picks right oh, if you're orlando like what? what oh my goodness they're late 
the first round picks would be late, right? Okay. So you you would probably ask for the Clippers protected one this year at the Raptors zone. Maybe the Raptors next year, like. But it's only for one year, Serge Ibaka. I know that's what I'm saying. Two late first round picks. Man, I think every Raptors like discussion is starting to boil down to who do we make a trade for for like our power forward or center position to top the Cavs. <laughs> Seriously though, and I know some people will get upset about trading picks because you know picks are capital in the NBA. Well, in any sport for that matter, because you're adding young talent. But I think what people forget too is that the Raptors with 905 now, we've kind of seen them stockpile young picks over the years and just accumulate talent where that these guys got to start contributing at the NBA level, right? So trading two late first round picks, in my opinion, with Pirtle coming up, Van Fleet, um, you could even say a forgotten man here, Delon Wright. Like mm-hmm. there's Norman Powell. There's a lot of young guys coming up that are going to start contributing to this roster. So I think the Raptors are in a good position where they can afford to to spend these first round picks. Okay, I like that. You know, you convinced me, but I don't know if you convinced me for Bismack Biombo. <laughs> oh, Biombo? I mean, that's a whole other thing. Biombo's tough though, because you got to take on all that term and money, right? And then, are you really going to have Biombo and Valanciunas at the same, a very similar contract for the next what, three years, two years? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Damn, dude, that letting go of Bismack is like is proving to be a mistake right now. And even though well, they said they went after him though too, right? Yeah, but you can only go, you could really only go after him for so much because they were basically, they were basically capped out. So, <laughs> like, you know, it's, somebody's gonna offer him like thirty. Some let's say somebody offers him like thirty million, and he's not gonna stay with you for ten. Or yeah, of course. I mean, you gotta understand it from his part too. I, I'll never shit on a player for taking the money while he's there. I mean, look at Robert Borkowski in football, right? Mm-hmm. Another back surgery, his third one that he got today. Um, there's worries that his career could be over. Guy took his payday a couple of years ago. You can never knock guys for getting paid because you never know when your career could be over. As cliche as that sounds, we'd all do the same thing. So yeah, I'm would. not going to knock Biz for, for taking the money. Would you rather be overpaid or underrated? Basically. Overpaid or underrated? Yeah. I'd rather be a little underpaid on a contender, if that makes sense. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be overrated. If you're asking me if I'd stay with the Raptors for a little less money, then go to tax-free Florida and play on the shitty Magic. I'll take my money on a short term and bank on myself, but that's just me. Okay. Tell Jay-Z I that. mean, let's keep in mind, Biz was considered a bust for the first, what, two years? Right, that is true. And, you know, there's like, he's no hands, and he's, oh, he fouls so much and all that stuff. He can't shoot. And what was Michael Jordan doing picking this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Man. That is a that's a huge mistake. I mean, and even just even just uh, you know that one year contract, I, it's impossible to tell obviously because it was a flyer. But damn, we must be okay. Well, let's say Sullinger works out. Mm-hmm. What is it? That's Give me solution. the definition of Sullinger working out. By the way, because we haven't really seen we haven't seen him play other than in uh I don't even think that we saw. I think we saw a couple games in preseason, but. Other For a couple than, minutes. Yeah, other than that, we haven't <laughs> seen him at all with his Raptors squad. So, like, what is – give me the definition of success for for Jared Sollinger with his Raptors. Success, eh? Like, what is a good – what is a, you know, a good season for him on the Raptors? You know, 
I, I don't want to be like statistically speaking, if he puts this, this, <laughs> and this, that'll be a good season. But I think if he can prove to give the Raptors a solid 15 to 20 minutes a night, and considering they want to keep Patrick Patterson in the second unit, that has to come as a starter. Right. I think if he, if he can do that, and what that would entail would be like rebounding, proving that he can actually switch off pick and rolls, that would be tremendous help for this team. Tremendous help. If he can do those two things, I think that's a successful season. I know that's not setting the bar very high, but I'd be cool with that. And I know what you're going to want. Uh, this is just for you. Since you're my boy, Demar, you know, shoot some threes. Make one three a game. <laughs> He's I think making, if he can do that, you might even buy into him. He needs to make more than one three a game. Um, he, I'm just thinking about, like, uh, Jared Salt. You know that Pascal Siakam plays 24 minutes in the starting lineup right now. Um if you're gonna only, you gotta play him for at least, you know, at least twenty, twenty-four. That's gonna phase out uh, Siakam. Powell gets pushed that's down. I only said fifteen to twenty, to be honest. I mean, yeah, fifteen I, to twenty. I mean, is he still gonna play? Why wouldn't he? How is he still gonna play when Patterson's still playing? Siakam at the five, baby. Why would they unleash? It? So, I'm Off just the trying. Bench. To, I'm just trying to think of like, oh, okay. I don't. I don't. There's no real proof that he would go that way, though. I know. I mean, he's there's been reluctant. nobody he's really been, has a true understanding of what Casey's going to do yet. He's experimenting a lot. We even he, saw some Demari Carroll, because, Kyle Lowry pick and rolls. I don't really think he's experimenting that much because we never see Siakam at the five, and then we never really see. You know, we're rarely seeing Powell in any lineups at this point. He's kind in of comparison the, to previous years. I mean, <laughs> I'm experimenting more than once for Dwayne Casey is a lot, in my opinion, because it's been the same thing, rinse and repeat. Oh, baby man. steps, baby steps, right? Yeah, baby steps. You know, people are starting to get old. <laughs> we can't start. <laughs> people are starting to get old. We can't be taking baby steps anymore. We need to be taking strides. Well, fair to say. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Would this upcoming five game stretch not prove a lot to us? I mean, they got Atlanta at home, Cleveland at home, Minnesota at home, at Boston, rivalry uh, rivalry renewed, and then <laughs> Milwaukee at home. I mean, it's not that it's not that difficult. You only got you got the Hawks and Cavs, but then you know the Timberwolves, Celtics. They're still in. They're still an injured team, and uh, I think I think I'm pretty sure Al Horford is just getting over that that concussion right now. So, and apparently he doesn't love basketball enough, according to some people in Boston, because you know. Oh yeah, because he's thing with oh, his wife. Goodness, I don't know what's going on in Boston, man. Those people are just. Did you see that? <laughs> they're just, they're, those people are act, they're actually losing. It. It's like dude, those are the. Imagine if Channing Fry, you know, when his dad died, and they're just like, yeah, but like, how come he's not on the court the next day? Like, you yeah, should be, he doesn't you should, care about. Basketball. He should be using it as an escape from his father's death. Like, no, that's that's not how it works. Basketball is a game. <laughs> you know, there's like there's real life things that happen outside of basketball, and those require more attention than basketball. Even though it's your job, you would be taking your day off from your job to go mourn your father's death, or to be going to see your wife when she's giving birth. That's just like a fact. So even though you're getting paid millions of dollars, you're still gonna be seeing your wife and your dead father. Don't be ridiculous. Like that's just it. Honestly, is just ridiculous. Wholeheartedly agree. And for what it's worth, he had a great night tonight. 26 points, 8 boards, 3 assists, 2 steals, 6 blocks. Like That's about an Al Horford night as it gets. And he was 4 of 7 from 3. So He's back with the bench. For what it's worth, I think that was his best night of, best night as a Celtic. But yeah, it's going to be a good stretch. And it's going to be a, like a stretch where you can really evaluate the Raptors. It's a little a little easy. It's a, it's a smidge. 
because uh, I, mean, I don't know how to find difficult stretches anymore with this roster after what playing Golden State and the Cavs back to back. Yeah, <laughs> it was hellish. Uh, yeah, it was hellish. But you know, the Hawks have been struggling. You know, Paul Millsap is like he's wavering in that lineup. The Cavs are like they look. The Cavs kind of look bad. I mean, not like terrible, but they look like not the Cavs right now. So you, you can, know they'll crank it up for the Raptors, though. So it looks like you can kind of glean a game off of them right now, but yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that super difficult. But it's you know it's a try. It's a trying time for them. It'll be a trying time. Hey, what's up with the Timberwolves? I know uh, you watch a lot of them too. We both watch the Timberwolves play quite a bit. I love the Timberwolves, and it's just um, they're one. Work in progress. They're, they're just one year too young at this point. They're like everything looks everything looks great on paper. And it's basically, you know, it's just everything works in theory, but in practice, it's not working out properly. And I think they just need just this one year to coalesce one more time, figure out what they're doing with Ricky Rubio, figure out what they're doing with uh, Gorgie Jang, and stop making Towns play power forward, which is like the literally the dumbest lineup decision I've ever seen. Other than Zach Levine at the one, which the <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think they're just one year away. You know, yeah, just they're just one year away. Towns will be better. Uh, we'll have Levine being better. I don't know about Rubio. I think they should have traded Rubio long ago, man. Like, I agree. Ooh. I think something too to keep into contextual value here with the Timberwolves: six of their fourteen losses this year have been by six points or less. Yeah, and they're losing. So they're losing close games, and they're losing them all in the third quarter because they'll be up by they'll be up by like ten or fifteen at the end of the second, and then they'll just like collapse in the third quarter. I don't know what is going on. It's like the other team finally picks up on what they're doing, and then they can't. They have no counter move to the <laughs> to the other team's counter move. So weird. I'm I'm really curious to watch them play the Raptors. You yeah, know, I watch them play like probably way too much. <laughs> hey man, I watched the Timberwolves and I watched the Seventy Sixers. I probably watched the Raptors the most, and then I watched like the Seventy Sixers and then the Clippers and then the Wolves. Those are my like four favorite teams to watch right now. No Knicks. I don't watch. Dude, the they're Knicks. one game above five hundred now. <laughs> celebrate. I watch the Knicks every once. At the, I mean, I watched the Knicks play the Timberwolves. That was a great game. Yeah. The Porzingis win. Yeah, Porzingis, oh. Porzingis versus Towns is a great matchup always. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch the Knicks that frequently. I like. I watch them every once in a while, but you know, it's. it's I'm hard pressed to be taken away from my 76ers, man. I was disappointed so, when their game got canceled last night. Oh man, yeah. Don't even remind me about that. Top three teams to watch right now. Like, if you were just a casual fan, if you're a casual. I know fan, you have your preference, but considering how much basketball we watch, which three teams do you feel are the most exciting to watch? Um. The the Warriors just because of the spectacle. Uh, if you do, it depends on what you want to see. If you want to see like the best of the best, then you just watch the best of the best. You watch like the Clippers, yeah, of course. And then you would just watch the Clippers, and then you'd probably watch the the Cavs or the Spurs. But if you want to watch some like fresh upcoming talent, Lakers, right? The the Lakers are decent, and they're, they're fun not bad. Team. Man. Brandon Ingram was good tonight, and they're a, they're a fun team now. Yeah, they are. Right, so Lakers, and then you just watch like the Timberwolves, and like maybe the Bulls. I get you know what the Rocket we're we're, we're low balling. Yeah, okay. I was literally just gonna say if you want to <laughs> see pace and speed, 
Rockets, Nuggets, Suns. They may not be the best teams, but man, is there a lot of scoring in those games? Yeah, even look, the Trailblazers too. Yeah, but the Trailblazers don't play defense. I guess they have great offense, but the defense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're if you're strictly <laughs> looking for points and tempo, and right. you want to see some up and down action, those four teams they'll give it to you. You're right. You're right. Even very quietly, like very quietly, I think the Bulls have been fun to watch. Yeah, I like you know what. Again, I love the Dwayne Wade threes. That's it's enough for me to watch the, the Bulls games. This is the MC I like watching three. the emergence of Jimmy Butler too. Him and then you know if they ever figure out that less Rondo is, you know less is more with Rondo. Hey, triple double tonight for Rondo. Triple double. <laughs> yeah, but those are like the most selfish triple doubles, man. You know what? Some of Westbrook's triple doubles are the most selfish ones too. You think so? I think he looks fantastic. I no, there's no doubt he looks fantastic, but I think we can all see why Durant left. Ooh, I, ooh, man! If we had drops, if we had like sound effects in here, it'd just be like, oh, that was a little snipe right there. <laughs> I've been saying that since day one, though. To be honest, like since a few years ago, when I can't recall exactly what game, but Westbrook, Westbrook took this last minute shot, last second shot, sorry, mm-hmm. and Durant just shot this glare, like, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And that's when I feel like the disconnect really started. I'll go look that game up, but. That's where I feel like it all started. And Westbrook doesn't give a damn, man. Westbrook just wants to stuff his stats for Westbrook. Some people like that. Others, you know, I, to me, I think he's our generation's Allen Iverson. But he, yo, he looks better than Allen, Allen Iverson. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real with you right now. He looks way better than Allen Iverson right now. Just no, like, without question. But I'm just saying, in in uh, in perspective to that, Iverson was a really good player, but a really good individual player, and he could never really get his teams to like to win a title mm. or to consistently show up in the Eastern Conference Finals and all that stuff like yeah the East was bad and they've slipped in those two years the one year in the finals and then the other year Eastern Conference Finals but nothing really ever came about it we would always just talk about how great Iverson was I feel like Westbrook's gonna be the same way here in Oklahoma City mm. if he stays if he stays he did sign an extension so he'd be around for a little bit yeah a little three-year deal that could be a wait and see what the Lakers do but if, not, if the Lakers develop, they're going to have money in three years' time. Uh, yeah, they will. I'm just like, you know, everybody. Everybody Everybody sounds like they're going to the Lakers, man. Everybody's going to the Lakers. Even though nobody has gone to the Lakers since, like, Shaq. It would be a Westbrook <laughs> thing, though, to go to the Lakers, go back to Tinseltown. Hey, he's from there, UCLA, you know, whole nine yards. Yeah, but then they said the exact same thing about DeMar DeRozan. But think about three years' time with a Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle. You know, those are two nice pieces to build around right there. Maybe a Jordan Clarkson. If those three guys develop into what we're all thinking they can become, you know what the talk's going to be in three years' time. The narrative will be, hey, they're one guy away. Hey, Russell Westbrook's a free agent in two years. You know, might go back home. Those, this Lakers team with Westbrook, woo. I mean, yeah, okay, that's true. But, you know, if the team develops how most people would think, it's like D'Angelo Russell is the starting point guard on that team. So then what? Move him to two. But then what about Jordan Clarkson? Put him on the bench. This is the Lakers, man. <laughs> they want the name. <laughs> oh, man. We've, we've descended into the Lakers talk, man. That's what hey, happened. We've never done that before. Hold on. We always descend into Warriors talk. No, so, we... yeah, we're in California talk right now. You know, we're talking about California teams. But it's the Lakers. Yeah. You know that's but like that's when you that's when you know like the podcast is ending. <laughs> yeah, so it's most certainly over at that point. <laughs> we're, we're, 
where we're in the different other conference, literally the other side of the landmass. We're talking about those we still got to rip our NBA podcast, man. We got to get that going. Oh man, you know what? Yeah, you're you're right. And we unofficially officially announced it. We're like, I don't even know what rapper we're like right now. We're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, you know what? Who we are right now? We're um, we're Frank Ocean. We're just like, yeah, man. My mixtape or my album. Frank. Let me yeah. throw it back a little further, man. We're Papoose. <laughs> mixtape after mixtape after mixtape. <laughs> CD's coming. Nasarima Dream, it's oh, coming. Oh, my God. Big Sean. And that thing came, it was done. Shout out to Big Sean. Release, finally <laughs> finally releasing albums after the, the, the billions of mixtapes that he threw out there. Hey, you know what, man? When we do the NBA pod, too, we should get you to throw out some music since you're such a big uh, music aficionado. You always have something different playing on your iPod. Yeah. Or iPhone. Yeah. Or yeah. Nowadays. Dude. Childish Gambino's new tracks, baby. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my Something God. other than Childish Gambino. That is your absolute, like, that's your dude. Childish Gambino is my guy, Kanye West. Chance the Rapper. Oh, okay. Oh, did you see Jake Paul's little diss thing of Kanye? Oh, man. Yo, oh, it's getting out of control. Yeah, Kanye, the Kanye storyline itself is getting out of control. Oh, I thought you were going to say the podcast is getting out of control. I, I mean, like, yeah, every- we're <laughs> Oh, man. Thanks for joining us here at Tip of the Towers, the TOT podcast. Um, if you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter at TOT, or wait, it's at Tip of the Tower. You can find uh, Crystal Kranz at Crystal Kranz. You can find me, Damar, Damar Grant at Damar J. Grant. And, uh, you know, welcome to the Tip of the Tower podcast. Welcome to tipofthetower.com. You can find us on SoundCloud at, at Tip of the Tower as well. And uh, Raptors won. Celebrate, man. <laughs> they won five in a row. Yeah, we're on a winning streak. You know, it's very low, quietly. Nobody's low, talking about it. It's overshadowed by TFC. Low key, low key, low key. Don't tell low anybody. Key. <laughs> kids like to say nowadays. Low key, low key. <laughs> See you later, guys. Later, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.